Hey, you crazy bastards. Welcome to E-Crime Bites. This is where I research the court documentation and roast the criminal so you don't have to. This week, this is season two, episode 19. This is Jovan Turner. He has some pandemic fraud and he has a lot of gunplay. And we're talking about that. So if you're just jumping in here and you haven't seen act one, I really recommend that you go back and either watch or listen to it because there's a lot of background that's going to set the stage for what you're going to hear today in this one. If you're on YouTube, I'm going to put a little link up here so that way you can go back there real quickly and watch this in order. But if you're going to stick it out and listen to this without the background, let me give you a little bit of a tour so that way you can appreciate some of the stuff you're going to hear today. So Jovan Turner, he was young. He was like 18 to 20 years old around the time of when this crime happened and when he was caught. He grew up in poverty. He learned to steal. He had a lot of gunplay. He had, well, before the gunplay, he had some pandemic fraud where he lied about uh, his employment situation of being fired from Wendy's and Amazon Prime, and he made about $21,000. After that, he had some gunplay, um, got caught and convicted, which made him a convicted felon, which means he's not supposed to be around guns anymore, at least for the foreseeable future, but he was because he shot and killed somebody that came to rob his place a gang member actually that came to rob his place. So there's this dead person in front of his apartment and police said, you're not supposed to have guns. We have a search warrant for your premises. They find a check printing machine. They find a check stock paper. They find counterfeit checks. They find credit cards, debit cards. They find $28,000 worth of cash. They find a bunch of stuff that Turner probably doesn't want them to find okay and that's the point where i left you we talked a little bit about the victims where they made these fraudulent checks and each one of them is below two thousand dollars and they would find in my opinion probably more victims to cash these checks and they would give them a little chunk of change in order to get the lion's share back and then that person would take all the risk while they would kind of hide who was orchestrating the scheme in the background Okay, I think you're caught up now. So now we're on December 30th of 2021. So about a year later from where we last left off, there was a car that was driving and a police officer checked the, like the registration on it. And they found that there was a probation warrant for the registered owner of that vehicle. So of course the officer stopped it. And who was driving? But it was Jovan Turner. And now the next bullet in the court paperwork said he gave a voluntary search of the car. I know he's a convicted felon. I don't know that he even needs to give voluntary search. I think they can just search it because he's a convicted felon. Probably not important, but they searched it. And what did they find? Do you think they found candy canes? No, they found a gun underneath his seat. It was a Glock 23 40 caliber under his seat. And if you remember a Glock 23 was what he possessed illegally, um, previously when they searched his apartment after they found the fucking dead body. So for video viewers, I'm going to pop up a picture. This is the evidence picture that the police took of the gun that they found. Audio listeners, you're not really missing out on much here. It's just a standard gun. It's racked back. It's a pistol. It says Glock on it. You can see the serial number. It's obvious that it's empty because it's racked back. Um, and it's obvious that it's a police photo. It's a very staged, um, looking down photo on the gun. So September 22nd, 2023, this year of when I recorded this, 
there's there's an indictment that came out and this confused me. There were two counts on there and both of them were felon in possession of a firearm. And I said, hold the fuck up. What about all this check fraud shit, this pandemic shit, all this other stuff that he's been doing? Why did he just get charged with two gun charges? And so uh, being the researcher I am, I kept going through the court dockets until I got to a superseding charge document that on June 14th of 2023, they recharged him and changed one of the charges from a gun charge to wire fraud. So now he's being charged with wire fraud and a gun charge. Okay, that that to me made more sense. So when they did this, I don't know if they did this because of the sentence or what, but I looked a little bit in this the possible sentencing and it looked like maximum for both counts. He was looking at 20 years for one of them and 10 years for the other one. So he's looking combined, if he were to do them consecutively, 30 years max. And so that's a lot of time. And that's why it made June 22nd, 2023, a little more surprising because he came in and said, I'm guilty of both of these things. And I thought, wow, he said, I'm guilty of both putting himself in jeopardy of a 30 year sentence, right? So. At this point, he says, I'm guilty. The court accepts it. And he waits for sentencing. If you've ever watched any of our old episodes, there's this one season two, episode three, the criminal in there, his name is J Nicholas Bryant. He was in a very similar situation. He was waiting sentencing. He pled guilty and he decided to talk to the daily beast, which is a media company. And he bragged all about how great he was at his crime. And he was even better at it than the movie Catch Me If You Can. And unfortunately for Mr. Bryant, the judge read this. The judge kept that in mind for his sentencing and kind of just royally bent over Brian because of that article and said, you know, you obviously didn't learn your lesson, right? And then later on, Bryant was all... Um, distress because he was like, I can't believe I got this much time. Well, fucker, you talked to the Daily Beast. What'd you expect? So I bet you Jovan Turner heard my episode, was sitting there and he said, hold my beer. He, well, he's under 21. He, yeah, he probably said, hold my beer. I mean, he's got guns, right? He's probably got a beer too. He said, hold my beer. Nicholas Bryant, he's he's got a story, but I'm, I'm going to go one step further. For our video viewers, I'm gonna pop a social media post on your screen, and for audio viewers, I'm gonna to have to try to describe this. It's two posts. I'm gonna describe the one on the left first. The one on the left has three individuals on it. There's, I'm gonna talk about the two individuals on the right first. They both are wearing white t-shirts and they are holding fat, fat stacks of cash. I mean like a foot thick stacks of cash. You can't see their faces, but you can tell they have a lot of money in their hand. The third individual on the left side of that photo is wearing all black. He's holding two guns and his face is kind of aimed down so you can't really see him. But I can tell you because I've read the court paperwork that that's Jovan Turner. He has two guns in a social media post after pleading guilty, but before sentencing. Now, I think this post actually came from one of his friends. But from what I read, he reposted it. So it's kind of like he posted it himself too. And if you weren't, if you looked at that, and weren't like, oh my God, why do you do that? It's not like he stopped there just to drive the point home. 
There's another post where it's just him with both guns. And this is the one I kind of cut out and put on our thumbnail where he's kind of holding them down by his hips and looking down, but it's obvious he has two guns. And this is why I called this act the double fisting guns post, because I couldn't describe what he did here any other way. So yeah, I hope you agree with me. This is the appropriate name of this act because why would you post something like this right before your sentencing? So you imagine, sentencing rolls around. This is October 21st of 2023. This is not even a month ago of when I recorded this. There are sentencing arguments and the government comes up and says, hey, um, Turner posted these social media posts. He's A, a convicted felon already. He's posting these, so that's bad. But B, he's still not sentenced in this case, and he posted these. That's bad. They said, hey, we want at least 27 months. And I heard that, and I was like, only 27 months? Holy crap, that's not much at all. Then Turner's attorney gets up there and said, please, 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 just give us 18 months or less. But, but if you're going to give us more, please, no more than 24 months. And then Turner writes a letter to the judge. And I, I try not to be too pompous and make too much fun of people's grammar, but there's parts of this letter that I think are clearly written by the attorney. And then there's parts of this letter where the attorney just let Turner write it himself. And there's missing letters or just sentences that clearly don't make sense. I'm going to read it verbatim for our audio listeners. And I have it on the screen for our video viewers. Some of these sentences don't make sense, and I'm going to interject here and there just to kind of let you know that it's not me screwing this up on purpose to be funny or anything. But that's really what he wrote, the way he wrote this thing to the judge. So here we go. To Mr. Judge Young, I want to take the time to f accept full accountability for my actions and to not try to justify them in any way. And then there's a comma out in the middle of nowhere of spaces. Because I am wrong, and there's not right and wrong. In fact, I really wanted to thank the court for still giving me a chance to remain out on bond while this case was ongoing. And for that, I am very grateful to have spent time with my family and friends after just spending 11 months of my life incarcerated, missing out on key moments of life, which I regret more than anything. Yeah, fucker, because you shot into a car. Oh, my God. All right. Sorry. Paragraph two. He starts this one off strong. He says, looking and it's missing the G. That's why I said that. Looking back and reflecting on the businesses who took a financial loss and worst, the family of the man who lost his life, I send my deepest condolences. It was never in my nature for that to happen the way it did, and I never want the misconception that I brag or boosted about that event because that isn't me at all. And he misspelled boasted, I believe. It said boosted. And... I got to disagree, man. You just had a social media post where you had two guns. If you felt bad about shooting somebody, it seems weird that you'd be posting about two guns. But hey, who am I to judge? He goes on to say, I have a mother who I know would be torn if anything was to happen to me. Getting caught up in the lifestyle I did was not something I ever planned. I had other goals which were cut short by careless mistakes that were caused by young thoughtless acts that affected and is still affecting my future. Now, amongst those bigger words that seem written by somebody else, like I isn't capitalized and stuff. So it seems weird. It almost seems like the attorney wrote part of it, but they didn't want to correct too much of it. So they left the I's uncapitalized. And 
It is a very hard read. So let's see here. The last paragraph says, I really want to thrive and become successful with many different streams of income, which during my time I'm sentenced. Yes, I read that verbatim. It didn't make sense to me either the thousand times I read it. I will say it again. I really want to thrive and become successful with many different streams of income, which during my time I'm sentenced. I think he's trying to say I want to make money while I'm sentenced and I want to diversify that money through different streams of income. That's what I think he's saying. He goes on to say, I will read and study on and take advantage of every opportunity I'm given as a young man. I still have a lot of time to make a change. I can't wait to move on to the next chapter of my life and put this behind, even though it will always follow me. I won't let it hold me back. Yeah, it kind of was a run on sentence. He closes. Thank you for taking the time to read my letter, Jovan Turner. So I imagine the judge goes back, listen, thinks about the arguments, looks at this letter, goes, fuck, man, why did he spell it terribly here? Why did he miss the G on the looking? Nope, can't hold that against him. Thinks a little while longer, comes back, sits down in front of the defense and government and says, I've made my fucking decision. And he says, 24 months. And I heard that and I was like, holy shit, that wasn't much at all. 24 months. Now, the details are the judge gave him 24 months on count one and 24 months on count two, but they're to run concurrently. So it's 24 months total. Total. That seemed very short for A, wire fraud, but also B, wire fraud plus a gun charge. So after that, the judge says, you're going to be on three years of supervised release. Now, you might think, hey, he'll cruise right through that. Remember, before he was not supposed to have a gun, he had a gun. And not only did he have a gun, but he used it and he killed somebody on his front step. Who knows if he'll keep his nose clean on this one. And the judge also says restitution, just over $33,000. Now, I tried to figure out who the restitution was to, and it didn't say specifically. I didn't know if it was because of the pandemic fraud or the check fraud or a combination of the two. It just said restitution. I think it's a combination of two, but... That's just me guessing. That's it. That's the end of the story. I hope you enjoyed the story, even though somebody died. I hope you enjoyed at least the depth that I researched this through. And some final thoughts here. One is, I want to say up front that it's really hard for me to judge Turner in this case carrying a gun because he grew up in poverty and he learned that if he stole, that's how he fed himself and his family. Okay, I mean, if that's your only means of eating that's your only means of eating that's a different background than somebody sitting behind a camera doing a webcast i want to get that out of the way first with that out of the way 24 months does not seem like a lot for a gun charge alone if you take away the wire fraud now if you add wire fraud to that gun charge 24 months seems even more just way too lenient in my opinion if you combine those, it just seems like it should be closer to about four years. Maybe they should have been served consecutively, one for the gun charge and one for the wire fraud because he had already spent time in prison for the stuff he did prior. Maybe, maybe it was a, a more lenient sentence because Turner was a young man. He was 21 at the time of sentencing. Um, he's going to have plenty of time to turn his life around. He should be 
what, 24-ish when he gets out, and then 27-ish if he keeps his nose clean and be off supervised release. I mean, that's young still. You're not even 30. Now, I want to come back to one thing where they talked about justifiable homicide for that killing outside his apartment. Now, I totally agree that if someone comes to rob you and you have a gun, you got to protect yourself, right? Under just generic circumstances. In this circumstance, he was running a scheme where he had check, fraudulent check schemes and money and guns and all this other stuff. So he caused the situation. He caused somebody to come over to rob him. If he wasn't doing all that stuff, I doubt a gang member would come rob that apartment. So for that to be justifiable homicide, I get it on paper. I get it on paper. It It is on paper, but it just seems so strange because Turner was the reason that guy came over to rob him and then he had to shoot him. So if that crime never happened, a person would have never died in the end. And it just doesn't seem so justified, at least morally. So that I thought about a lot since I've researched this. So that's it. I hope you enjoyed the case. If there's anything in this episode you like, please like, subscribe, thumbs up, follow, whatever it is on your application you're either watching me on or listening to me on. If you haven't been to our website, it's ecrimebytes.com. Now, bytes is spelled the computer way, B-Y, as in yellow milk, T-E-S.com. And you go, why the fuck does he keep saying Y as in yellow milk? Now, go listen to my last episode, season two, episode 18, because I actually explain this in depth, in depth. And I also explain the Wendy's hamburger in depth in there. And it's, it's, it's worth a listen. Trust me, back up one episode and check it out. You'll like it. So with that, I want to give you a preview of next week. Hopefully that's why you're sticking around because next week we have another cyber stalking case. And I am infatuated with cyber stalking cases for many reasons, but probably one of the biggest is how much time cyber stalkers will spend stalking their victims. And in next episode, we have cyber stalking with Parker Ryan Little, and you're going to see it's no different than the other cyber stalking cases that I brought you where it seems like it's a full-time job, maybe two full-time jobs for Parker Little to cyber stalk his victims and his victims. I don't want to spoil this for you, but it's victims. They're basically acquaintances. They're not, they're not people you'd expect him to be cyber stalking. And it's just a crazy, crazy story. So I do hope you come back next week and join me on this one because it is crazy and it's going to be fun to listen to. And I hope to see you there. All right. Thanks. Bye.